The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the unofficial cheerleader of Gearbox himself, Josh Borboni. Oh, yeah. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I, f- I feel like I need a Gearbox tattoo, actually. I, I and, and I'm I'm not saying that because you said that. I'm saying that because I thought of it like five or six days ago. I was like, how do I not have a Borderlands tattoo yet? Yeah, you know, because, you know, didn't finish the third game, haven't finished and that's yet. And that's why, <laughs> and that's why I don't have it. Um, sh- like, the question being, like, do you get a tattoo based off one game in a series that has five games in it? Right. Like, do, do you still consider yourself a a fan um but gearbox to care me like oh backs so like yeah, i, I still love them i even forgot about because i forgot about the space one homeworld no because you said five games so there's the three borderlands games tiny Pre- Tears, Wonderland. and the pre-sequel that's the one that because that's the one where you go to space and or, tales from the borderlands yes yeah, that's not technically pre-sequel you're on the moon yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah tales from the borderlands actually might be the best borderlands game uh, uh, it's close. I think I, I still Tales think Borderlands Two is the best, yeah. but I think I have to, you have to take into account all the DLC. Right. That's what makes Borderlands Two so good. True, true. Um, uh, it's good on its own, but man, that DLC, all those DLCs. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But as far as how I'm doing, <laughs> uh, it's been weird post COVID. Uh, I still feel horrible. And uh, I felt horrible uh, all week, and my work schedule changed because it was a school vacation week. So I also was up, not up. I'm always up because of my son, but I was working earlier <laughs> and right. was home longer. Um, but my wife is also suffering post COVID too. We both have have been suffering from some pretty severe breathing issues. Oh, no. Uh, we both have asthma, so it's just kind of uh, the typical right. COVID reaction to that, uh, which I was more surprised. It's worse now than it was when I had when I was uh, testing positive. Like, right. my, my body's just having a tougher time now. Well, I think they've they've said that, you know, the research coming out, and not to like make things like sound horrible, but the research coming out is that, you know, for people who had COVID, uh, it like is not something that suddenly everything just goes away. And that, yeah. you know, even people who had it at the beginning of the pandemic now are still having, you know, things that are still lingering and still and challenges still as a result of it. So, yeah, I'm very worried about long COVID. I know that that's a thing. Um 
you know, we tried so hard. We did so good to avoid and be safe and right. and avoid it at all costs. And, you know, I got it when the country stopped caring. I wasn't yeah. given paid time off. So right. uh, I had the smallest paycheck of my life this week. That's uh, yeah. Um, it's just I got it when it was uh, not cared for anymore by the country. <laughs> yeah, way less compassion right now about uh, if you have it now. And I think it's it is kind of interesting because there are places that it is still really good, like that overall numbers and things like that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and there are places that it, it's really not like it, it's still um a, a pretty challenging uh situation like yeah um we're so quote unquote good um that like they have for like the county health departments like around my area like they stopped like posting like the numbers and stuff like on the front page because like yeah. our numbers are so low <laughs> and they have been for so long now um but i again i don't know that that's gonna stay that way um, so we'll have to see what happens as that continues, but yeah, you know, so yeah. it, it is, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> interesting. It's interesting, but I'm sorry to hear that things are still sucking though. Oh, man, that, that's okay. That's no that's good. Okay. It just, it makes me think of like how now what you were just saying, like, pe- like people, uh, airlines <laughs> and other people yeah. are just kind of saying like, Hey, it's, you know, we just have to deal with it. It's like the seasonal flu and I can testify. It's not. Um, yeah. but I understand that mentality because those are from people who didn't get it, um, or had it less severe, which is fine too. I don't think I had it severe because obviously people have had it w- way worse. Uh, I just didn't get the least, um, problematic version of it. I got yeah. like, Hey, it's still affecting me version of it. So, uh, you know. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, last week's episode, really, I probably should have canceled because uh, it's such a blur. I don't even right. remember what we talked about. I just remember being sick and thinking leading up to it, I would be fine. And, and that clearly wasn't the case. Uh, so time-wise speaking, I'm feeling much better than I was feeling last week. Well, that's uh, good at least. So I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the most important part, right? Uh is that I am feeling uh, marginally better. So I'll take it. I'll take what that, I can get. That is the definitely the the better part, you know, seeing that yeah. there is a... So. And sorry to hijack that part of no, your, that's okay. your simple question to me, where no. I then say to you, Kyle, how are you doing? <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, so interesting. I keep waiting to get the email because, you know, working at a university, we are... We still get regular updates about COVID and COVID numbers and how things are looking and yeah. what we need to do. And every time like there's a new update as far as vaccine goes. So I keep waiting for the email telling me that I'm eligible to get like a for a, my second booster. Yeah, basically. second booster. Me too. Yeah, because like it's still, you know, people older than me, though, that number of, as far as the age is not as far away. So yeah. I clearly wanted to be because part of me is like, I want to get it. But part of me is like, man, I'm kind of almost to that group where they're like, you're old enough that. We should worry about you sooner than others, but I mean, it's still a ways away, but it's closer than I'd like it to be. Uh, but yeah, because like I, I do want to get that taken care of and done. And I, I think, you know, last week you were sick. I, I was sick as well. Yeah, you were. You know, and <laughs> it was I haven't been sick since really before COVID. 
because during COVID, like I didn't ever really see anyone, like I didn't go anywhere. I never really got sick. And everyone uh, was wearing masks. Yeah. And I figured out that a, I'm a big baby. Like I'm really bad at being sick. I'm just horrible. I'm annoying to myself even, uh, but I can't help it. It's, it's so bad. But B, like I still like I feel like if you were to ask me how I feel, I'm like 97%, right? Sure. Like I'm just about there. But there's just like annoying things that like I still have a little bit of like annoying like nose stuffed up like stuff like that right just yeah. annoying yeah. um and it's just really kind of frustrating where it's like come on like how can I not like just kick this thing completely and uh yeah it's just it's just dumb and just annoying and then ha- <laughs> having that going on with then having coming like out of what was supposed to be my busy season, but then having one of my coworkers leave for a new job. So mm. now like picking up their slack and, and I shouldn't say slack because they, they moved on for a very good reason, but picking up those responsibilities now on top of, you know, other stuff and then feeling cruddy and yeah, man, it, it is just what it is. So when we talk about what we've been playing, don't, don't, it's going to be a pretty fun. Oh boy. I got it. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but hey, Josh, <clears throat> excuse me. Speaking of all that, yeah. Uh, as you know, we we transition here to um, spring or we're fully in spring now, at least it seems here. Yeah, uh, so like I it's think cool so. every once in a while, but still have some nice warm days, that big back and forth, which everyone loves and feels great when that happens. Uh, rank the seasons for me, Josh. <laughs> favorite, favorite to least favorite, Josh. I forgot let's, you put that. <laughs> let's, let's rank the seasons, Josh. Where are we, <clears throat> where are we sitting as far as how, oh, you, how you feel about seasons? I have to ask you a qualifying question. 100%. Let's do it. Rank the seasons based on what? Just like how much you like them. Does whatever. It, am I taking into account work and family? Sure, whatever you oh, want to. Oh, okay. Then yeah. it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Literally anything that you like, if you were to, like just personally for you, whatever considerations you want to make, 100% up to you. Okay. This is going to be easy. Ready? Yeah. Rank the seasons from first to last. Yep. Spring, summer, fall, winter, done. Really? <laughs> As a parent and a uh, and someone who works in a job that winter really messes with, yes, it's yeah. very easy to rank these seasons now. Okay. Uh, spring is the easiest to rank, number one, because of how dramatic the change is. Okay. Um, in New England, especially, uh, we don't. And I guess we we try not to get political here, and I still don't think this is a political topic. But global warming is a thing, and we have lost our seasons. So yes. now our seasons in New England are uh, uh, f- full winter and summer. <laughs> like everything. Like, would you agree that it seems like everything happens later, right? Like it stays warmer longer. Yes. Uh, it so, stays colder longer. You know, like everything's like shifted. It's, yeah. It feels like we got. I so uh, nine nine years ago, I got married in October uh, on October fifth, and mm-hmm. and it was comfortable. But right. but uh, fifteen years ago, that would have been too cold to even plan a wedding. Right. And now I think it's pretty much just accepted it's going to be 60 degrees on October 5th. And that yeah. was never the case. Yeah. Um, we also can't rule out a snowstorm in April. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> uh, we're just finally hitting 60 degrees every day as a high in the last week of April. Uh, I remember when that wasn't the case. 
you know, it used to be right. in forties, fifties. Um, so maybe it's small, maybe it's like an insignificant number, but I really feel like, um, for me living in new England, like seasons are a thing. Like you live in new England because you like seasons. People right. leave new England cause they don't like seasons. Like seasons. Yeah. And now we only have two seasons and it's just a amalgamation of the four seasons together. Right. So it is weird to think of it that way. But um, if I'm going to like, if I'm thinking of ranking the seasons, like there's something very special about to me about being able to leave the windows open and being able to wear a hoodie or a sweatshirt and jeans in the, in the house because right. It's only a month or two between then and you have to wear shorts and a short sleeve or no sleeve shirt. And we don't have central air here. So it's just like windows open and ACs in the bedrooms at night. So uh, I also understand like different parts of the country. um, Probably at least 25 states have like central air and central. Like, so I get that it's different for those people too. Um, but when they're trying to charge $500,000 for one bedroom in Massachusetts, like you can't be looking at central air. <laughs> like you're just kind of stuck with what you get. Yeah. Josh, you know, I think we've had the conversation <laughs> before, you know, you can just move to the middle of the country. Uh, like I kind of want to. <laughs> like everyone who's given up on their dreams and uh, you can just move here, have a very comfortable life for far, far less than that. But I, I feel like that's you, where all the Republicans live, and I don't know that I, I mean, could be comfortable living there. <laughs> that, that might be true too. But uh, my three bedroom, two ho- my three bedroom, two bath, no, three bedroom, three bath house uh, is is far, far, far less than that price check. Sure. And well, let's just get a house. Well, let's just get a house together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. But. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's tough, but uh, I I understand the cost of living too. I don't agree with how it's adjusted, but I do. I do understand. Yeah, man, what I was is, really surprised by spring though. For like number one, it's just such a refresher. Uh, yeah. I I, lo- I love fall. I really do. Okay, it is. If we just pick seasons in general, fall would be my favorite. But yeah, um, there's such a dramatic change to spring that I just can't because all the depression goes away. It's just such an emotional change for me. Okay. Um, listen, uh, not knowing when a snow or ice storm is going to happen any day. Yeah. You have to know that. Like, you live that, too. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, North, parts of North Dakota got, like, 36 inches of snow, yeah. like, a week ago. And it changes It changes your whole life. It doesn't just change the weather. It changes your whole personal life. How yeah. do I get the kid to school? Is the kid going to school? Can I go yeah. to work? How do I get to work? Right. Do I have How to many wake up? hills on my way to work? Yeah. What yeah. time do I get to get up? Do I have to shovel first? Like, right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I love winter. Um, and I always talk about if I ever win the lottery, um, I would be one of those people who have like a summer and winter home. But yeah. my winter home would be in New England because I would know I don't have to leave the house and I could still <laughs> enjoy the snow. Which I love. I love snow. I think it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. Yeah. It just drastically changes when you have to manage it. Yep. And I yep. hate that no. part of it. <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, I haven't yet moved. So I have this rotation of like 
yard equipment in my garage that like right now my snowblower is still set up. <laughs> we we just moved the snowblowers back on, yeah, on Friday. I thought about today moving it back and I was like, I'm going to wait till May. I'm just going just to be safe. I'm going to wait till May. I don't think anything's going to happen, but I don't want to be the one who jinxed it by like moving it a little bit early. Yeah. I don't need my lawnmower quite yet. Close. Close. We've gotten so much rain <laughs> recently that I'm very close to needing to mow my lawn. Yeah. But we're not there quite yet. And yeah, I was just like, you know, with how ridiculous things have been, I am just not going to move it quite yet. We but the same I'm, exact getting the point, <laughs> I, I'm getting to the point, though, that I only think I used it once this year. So I'm like in the oh. point of like, man, I need to like drain the gas and crap out of this thing. Cause, like, yeah. It's been sitting there unused since like December or something. Like, well, That's so. nice. That's nice. Yeah. But I also one of those people, though, who if it's, you know, a dusting of snow. I am just going to shovel it, even though I have a like a. I do the same thing. I shovel it. Even though it's a three car garage and it's a really short driveway, it's just very wide. I'm like, I'm not going to run my snowblower for two inches of snow. Like, I'm just not. So, but I just, I really like to shovel. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I also like really like mowing. No, I prefer, but I think it's from my, it's because that's just something like my dad, like, ingrained in me because we didn't have a snowblower when we were kids. So what rank your seasons? Because yeah, so it's my not rank, just me. Yeah, my rank uh, <laughs> is fall, summer, spring, winter. Okay, that so, still sounds good to me. Yeah. So and I love fall because of all kind of the stereotypical reasons of like you know the crispness of like getting those. I do actually love winter, but much like you, the reason it's last is just like managing winter is what's challenging. But I love winter. Yeah, but the always. management part is just so, <laughs> such a pain in the butt. Um, and like I don't like. Even though I feel like fine about it, I still don't really like driving on snow or driving on ice. Like I'm not a yeah. fan of those things. I can <laughs> Who does do like that? <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so fall just that the crispness of that. Uh, as someone who works in higher education and now in a position in higher education where I don't have to do too too much to like get ready for the school year, like it's like everyone's here. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, that prep thing is like I don't have to worry about it. So I just love it and the new energy of the new year. Um, you know, I like when things start getting a little crisp and, you know, football's on, college football's going. Like, I just I just really love that. Yeah. Um, summer, just because long days, which are great, especially when I was younger and lived up, like, in North Dakota, in northern Minnesota. The days just would last forever, it seemed. It stays bright so long. Uh, and just, I've always lived in places where it does occasionally get very, very warm, but most days are just really nice. Like, it's just beautiful, right? Like, you're outside it's just gorgeous out like uh just really really love that um i contemplated swapping spring and winter because as a in general like the change of spring is nice but everything just looks like crap for such a long time <laughs> like because all sure. the remnants if you didn't like do a really good job of cleaning up fall like yeah. now start to like show themselves and they look horrendous at this yes. point um everything is just wet and dirty and like as a place that does have snow that sometimes sands you have sand everywhere like it just is gross like yeah. everything about spring is gross <laughs> but it is getting warmer and it's much easier even though it's annoying to manage rain than it is to manage snow um mm. But, you know, like wiping my dog's paws, like there's that time where you're just like, <laughs> you're just tracking mud everywhere and the house yeah. is just nasty all the time because your dogs are just that way and stuff. But yeah, so that's definitely my ranking is fall, summer, spring, winter. Uh, but there are definitely many aspects of winter I prefer over spring. But just because, yeah, snow can be so, 
it really that's the one season that sometimes the weather dictates your life far more than anything else and that oh, just for sure. was frustrating you know when i'm like yeah i had this thing i was gonna do but i guess i'm just not gonna do it now <laughs> i was gonna go visit my family i guess now i'm now. not like you know like <laughs> so what an interesting the- contrast you talked about <laughs> this happened to me today you i i miss my dog so- sawyer who we no longer have but yeah. you talk about cleaning your dog's feet uh it, it instantly made me think about what happened today. So my my one of my my new cat, Moxie, who's the feisty one, um, she stepped in her treat and it was a like liquidy treat. Okay. Like a tuna kind of thing. Yeah. Uh and she kept like shaking her paw. She like shaking her paw, but it didn't like deter her from eating the rest of her treat. So I went to go clean her paw and she just wouldn't stop biting me and scratching me. And I'm like, man, I miss my dog. <laughs> Cause like, I'm trying to help this cat. Really? Yeah. I'm really trying to help this cat. I just had a paper towel and cleaning her paw and she's just biting like crap out of my hand. And I'm like, I love yeah. cats, but man, sometimes they yeah. suck two, so bad. <laughs> two of my three dogs are really, really good about getting their paws wiped. They don't care at all. They're just totally fine with it. One of them, the youngest one, she's still kind of getting it and learning it yeah. and getting it down. And it's not that she doesn't <laughs> let us do it. She just like wants to get onto the next thing. Her, she just doesn't have the patience that the other yeah. two do. But yeah. Sounds so. like my child. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So listeners, what are your favorite seasons? Let us know. How would you rank them? We'd love to hear. With that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter. Or check out the Instagram, also Bored with VG. We are proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSV podge- PSVG podcasts to stay up <laughs> to date. We are also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Networks. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast Archive, as well as all the other members of the network. Oh, excuse me. Goodness gracious. <laughs> like was trying to inhale and exhale at the same time there. And that doesn't work. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing, sir? <laughs> well, what an interesting question. So, uh, well, I hate to harp on COVID, <clears throat> but I'm going to just continue talking about it. Um, uh, s- still suffering the post effects of COVID. Um, there was only one day last week that I didn't go to bed at 7 p.m. Dang. Uh, and needed to. Um, I didn't just go to bed to go to bed. I uh, and I still feel that way, to be honest with you. I'm very drained physically, um, uh, which was why I took a nap today before we recorded. Uh, yeah. Um, so I didn't do from Monday to Thursday. In fact, Thursday morning I was at work and I was like talking to one of the guys at work and I was like, I haven't watched Moon Knight. I haven't watched the Batman. I haven't watched Halo. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Sleeping. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just like, I went, I went to bed at once and at 7 PM knowing that Moon Knight was out and I right. didn't watch it and that, and that the Batman was out and I didn't watch it. Uh, and I still haven't finished Halo, which 
I'm just realizing now, which is surprising to me because I did start it at one point. But um, I started watching Halo, and then my wife came home and she was like, "Why aren't you watch? Why aren't we watching the Batman?" I was like, "I guess I'll stop watching Halo." <laughs> that was the only <laughs> night. That was the only night this week I stayed up past seven p.m. Um, so it's been a rough week. That being said, gaming wise. There is one game, well, there's a few games, but there is a game I know that I can play in front of my son uh, as long as he's otherwise engaged in other activities like playing with Legos Mm -hmm. or on his tablet, and that is Halo Infinite. So on Saturday before we started our day, um, which took longer than usual, so I knew I had a couple hours on Saturday morning. I fired up Halo Infinite. And I was like, I don't I didn't remember where I was since we last talked. So you're playing the campaign? Campaign wise, yes. Okay. Campaign. I didn't play multiplayer because, well, I mean, we don't need to get into that, but like <laughs> I'll talk about it later in news. Um I was like, okay, I I I'll just play I'll play a mission. You know, I was like, I'll play a a, a story mission in Infinite. Just to progress because uh, my PlayStation's still in my bedroom from COVID mm-hmm. times, even though I, you know, didn't use it enough. Um, so I started a mission. Little did I know the mission that I started was like, I don't know, three hours long. <laughs> uh, they don't give you any warning. I'm just like, I'm playing the next mission. So was this- I started playing the mission. Was this, this the mission where you like end up like when it's done, you end up like on like the other small little like island thing? Yes. Yes. I agree. Like I would I'm like, this is taking forever. Like Well, and maybe even more so. So this is the mission where our buddy, our pilot, gets captured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing this mission, and when you before you start it, it even says like uh multi tiered or right. something like that. Yep. So I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. But I, I didn't expect it to be as long as it was. So I started playing this mission and then, you know, the wife's done showering, the kid's done playing with his tablet. So I, I get to a point where I know that my save will pick up where I am. Yep. So I, I save it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we go about our day and then today comes around. Same situation. I'm tired. We've I've had a big day. We've been out. We did grocery shopping, went to Target, all these things. Had lunch. So um, my son's playing with his Legos. I I I gave in and gave him my Batman tumbler, which he keeps oh. asking for, which he immediately destroyed. Perfect. Uh, so I was like, wait, I'm I'm so glad I wasted all this time building this. Uh, <laughs> but then I also had that feeling like we watched a Lego movie, and uh-huh. I felt like Will Ferrell. I was like, Where's who the am I? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm building these things and telling him he can't play with them, which is not a good parent. I also we watched the Ninja Turtles part one and part two together this nice. weekend, which he's he's never seen. <clears throat> so today I picked up Halo. I'm not proud of what I'm about to tell you. Um, but it happened and I don't want to lie. So we got home from our our day. I took a nap while he uh, watched Thomas the Tank Engine movie on his tablet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
I honestly take I took a nap thirty minutes. I'm not like sleeping forever. I know right. people are going to be judging me. <laughs> uh, so I woke up. He wants to play with the Batman tumbler. I say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to play Halo for a little bit, and then we'll go outside, and then we'll cook dinner. And then I picked up Halo from where I left off, which is still the same mission, by the way. Right. Um, this is a six-hour-long mission, and they don't tell you this. Uh, I didn't plan to beat Halo today, but I beat Halo today because <laughs> this the one mission, <laughs> yeah, it literally takes you to the end of the game. There was no point in between where Does it really? the story doesn't skip a beat. Like, I, I did finish the mission. Yeah. And it drops you at a waypoint, but the yeah. but the story continues and the objective is only four hundred kilometers away. Right. You, would you so stop like, then? clearly this is still the same mission. I mean So I followed like it's like in Halo in this open world map, yeah. usually it's four thousand kilometers away. Yeah. Not four hundred kilometers away. True. And True. Cortana's still talking to me. Or sorry, the, the really? weapon is still talking to me. <laughs> um, and it seems very clear to me. So I I played well into dinner time. The fact that I told you I was gonna be late tonight was because he got my son got his dinner late, and I figured I should let him stay up later because <laughs> I really just took away his after like evening dad time. I felt terrible. So I was like, well, I'm going to let you stay up late tonight because I feel bad <laughs> uh, because I'm still playing at like 530 and I'm like, dinner should have been on the table a half an hour ago and I haven't started cooking it yet. <laughs> yeah, that uh, happens. So, yeah. So um, I finished Halo Infinite. I got to be honest with you, Kyle. Um, One of the probably worst end games in a video game I've ever played in a very long time. When you say what? When you say endgame, like what are you referring to? I'm just really sick of the fight every kind of creature you've ever fought in the game ever. Gotcha. Okay. Leading up to two of the least challenging boss fights ever. Yeah. In fact, the Covenant uh, and this I'm not going to say who were what, but the Covenant boss fight was ten times more challenging than uh, the second to. I would call him the big bad. Him. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Way more challenging than his fight. And, like, his fight was way more challenging than the last fight. Yeah. Uh, I just... And I, I had this, like, thought about while I was playing this game. Am I, like, drawing... Am I, like, accidentally drawing comparisons to the Halo TV show while I'm oh. playing this? And I feel like if I beat this game before the Halo show came out, maybe I'd feel differently. But man, that Halo show is so much better than any Halo campaign story we've ever gotten. And Halo Infinite's campaign is really a rehash of Halo 2 and 3's stories. It's not original. It's very redundant. And... I'll talk about it when we get to our stories, my other complaints when we get to our news. But man, um, 
sometimes when a game just throws you challenges to throw you challenges, it doesn't suit the story. And this is a game where I really don't think. Um, I'm trying to picture this base that I'm in and rationalize a designer designing this base. And and they're like, and yes, in this next chamber, we'll have a simulation of Spartans. But then you go up another chamber, which is 500 feet in the air, and it's another simulation of yeah. the same base, but with a couple more. Like, they try so hard to make the story relatable and um, real, and then they throw you into the most crazy 17-story act of a, of a play that you've yeah. ever been a part of. And I just can't say that I enjoyed it other than the challenge. Like, I enjoyed the challenge. Like, it was very challenging. Um, and I'm so glad they didn't do the thing where earlier in the game, if you died at a certain point, you just started all the way back at the beginning right? of a, of a boss fight. And yep. at least on this one, they gave you checkpoints <clears throat> because I probably would have just deleted the game at, at a certain point when I was playing it, I would have just deleted the game. Um, because they also throw every weapon at you. Right. But it's very clear. They want you to use certain weapons. Yeah, and that's I would agree not, with that. That's not fair. Yeah. Like, don't like you're trying to drive a narrative. You can't just give me unlimited options for weapons, but but also require me to use specific ones. Um, and it's and it's always very obvious based on the amount of ammo stations, like the type of yeah. ammo stations are giving you. Like, I'm not even like like confusing like my options. It's very clear. Yeah. that I need to use certain types of weapons and and I didn't love that option. In fact, they don't, they don't even give you a very specific weapon until the very last fight of the game. A weapon that should be uh, accessible to you pretty early in the game, which is the BRS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think it's called or like something to that degree. It's just a souped up battle rifle. Well, not even, yeah. no, it's a souped up um, uh, regular rifle. Yeah. Uh, which is the name is escaping me. But yeah, anyways, I guess I have a lot of complaints about this game. <laughs> Apparently. Um, I I enjoyed my time playing it and I will continue. Sure? <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> okay. I just really hated the end game. Uh, and when I say hated, I mean, I, I use that, I don't use that word often. I really hated the end game. I don't think that they put a lot of work into it. They put a lot of work into the story. I get it. I like the story aspect. I like what happens with Cortana and the Prometheans and yeah, and this whole story. Um, but it gets it just gets too washed away with like just bad concept. One of the and maybe this, I think this is a me thing. So I, I feel like I have issues with this often. So maybe it's just my eyes stink. But I, I think those chambers that you were referring to as yeah. you were like working through the end game, the the challenge I had with them is I had a really hard time figuring out where I was being shot from. Sometimes, yeah, is for it, sure. 
that I was like, I can't. Okay, I feel like you know the hit screen detectors are like showing here, so I turn. I'm like, I don't see anyone there though. Like, where where is this person? Because they're also trying yeah. to give like verticality in some things, but there's not enough like there's not enough descriptors for me to be able to tell like where in relation I am to like whatever is trying to. And I, I there were a couple times where I'm like, I have no idea what killed me. Like, yeah, I, a lot I of those have chambers no have three levels of them too, so yeah. it's it's tough. And I, and like I said, that could be me. Maybe there's something in game that's happening that I was just missing that was supposed to give me better clues for it. Um, but then I was like, well, or maybe I was like, or then I was like, well, next time when I do this, I'm going to work through the room a different way than I did because maybe I'm behind, like, you know, maybe I went the wrong direction per yeah. se. And that, you know, that's why things are not like as relevant to me or, or as visible to me as they should be. Cause I was like, man, I'm really having a hard time. Like, seeing like i see i even see like the dot on the map i'm like oh, yeah, or on yeah. the radar i'm like okay <laughs> there's someone there somewhere but i like can't yeah anyway but yeah and then they'll throw you into a <laughs> tiny room with two of those giant uh yeah. plasma shooting guys that you can only kill with two specific <laughs> weapons and they're like or, figure yep. it out <laughs> i'm like come on guys you're killing me well, Literally. I mean, but, you did, but you did say that the bosses were too easy, though. So, like, I they mean, didn't on, make Josh. the bosses. Well, uh, the the big bad, the guy that is the main yeah. uh, antagonist, yeah. he was tough, but but it was also very formulaic. Like, you know, yeah. you couldn't beat him uh, unless you beat him the way the game wanted you to beat him. So, I also didn't like that aspect as well. Well, hey, Halo Infinite, there you go, Josh. You, you but you finished the campaign. That's yeah, nice. an accident. On accident, campaign is done. Are you going to go clean up the rest of the open world, or what do you think? I, I won't clean it up. I'll play some more, though. Um, I mean, if I'm going to clean up a game, it's going to be Horizon. But gotcha. Um, uh, I'll I'll play some more, like because right where they drop you after you finish it, there's I think five Spartan teams that need to be rescued, like yeah, right where like you that. finish. Yeah. So I'll do I'll clean up some stuff, but um, uh, I think my next jump will be into some some more multiplayer uh, if i even jump back into halo <laughs> yeah i this was always uh, hesitate figure out how to say this so one of of all of the things that happened last year when people were giving out like awards and talking about best yeah. ofs and all that good stuff i was always surprised that places gave halo their game of the year yeah and the reason I was surprised was twofold. Number one, I thought the campaign was fine. Like I, yeah. I but I didn't think it was like anything to write home about as far as like a, a campaign goes. Like the open world was cool, the movement around the world was cool, but like nothing specifically about the campaign, at least to me, seemed like next level. Like this is like a game of the year worthy campaign, even though they changed up the formula to be open world and all the other stuff. Yeah. The second reason everyone was like, Halo multiplayer is back. And my reaction was, it is for now. <laughs> right. Is it going to be in three months? And if so, yeah. like if this game, you know, like if this, if Halo had come out in January and people like January of last year, would people have still considered it a game of the year, knowing now what we know about how Halo has gone for mm. the last five months, you know, like, yeah, that's what I, I was, I was like, ah, like I get it, but I, yeah, that's a, I think a dangerous it'll be we'll have to wait and see whether history agrees with you basically type of it situation. needs it needs to have a cutoff like the academy awards like you can't have something come out within this time period of awards being given out it needs to be for the next year after and i think with some of like the game awards stuff like 
Like a lot of people are mad about Forza Horizon 5 too. Yeah. And if they were a bit more clear, like, hey, the cutoff is October 1st. Cool. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Forza Horizon 5 would get seven more awards. Yeah. Maybe Halo would get five less awards. Like, it it, it just really depends. I think they need to have a, a more clear message about cutoffs, and maybe the cutoffs need to be earlier. Yeah. I And part of me is like, I don't know that that totally matters. Like, if, a, if an outlet or a place wants to do that, like, go for it. I just am like, well, when something is that focused on the online community and like what it brings to online, it, yeah. it's like, you know, do you rate it at the height of it? Do you rate it at the sustainability of it? Like, what what do you rate it at? And that's always a challenging thing. I don't know that there's a right answer there necessarily, right. but that was kind of <clears throat> my worry was, okay, for those of you who are saying Halo is game of the year, I'm glad that it's your game of the year and that you love it so much. Will his like what will we be saying three years from now when we look back on that? You know, so hopefully yep. we'll be saying that was a great decision. <laughs> Currently, I don't know that that's going to hold. Like maybe things will change, but right, yeah. So anything else you've been playing then, Josh? <laughs> Literally, that's that's all I've played. Um, I will say this: I didn't talk about uh, Mount B the show because COVID. Uh, I wasn't able to record that episode. Yeah, um, I did play MLB The Show 22 on Game Pass. It's the first MLB I've played since uh, MLB 97. Dang, that's a long <clears> time, Josh. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Maybe uh, 97, 99, one of those. Because um, I wasn't a big show guy. I was a high heat guy. Oh, uh, okay. Um, uh, but so far, uh, I really enjoy what I've played. Uh, when I started... MLB The Show, I was pretty surprised with the level of customization that they have. Yeah. So when you start the game, they ask you to essentially go through every um, playstyle mode of the game. So like hitting, pitching, yep. fielding, running. Um, and you get to pick from, I would, I don't know, what, seven different options per, a lot. Yeah. per category? Yeah, it's a lot. So like, I think it's pretty interesting that um, I think if Kyle and I sat down and we looked at each style we chose, that we probably would be not even close to matching the yeah. styles we picked. Because I, well, and I can't speak for everyone, but I tried out every style before I decided on one. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally picked a totally different hitting style than a, my pitching style. Uh, when I think about other like sports games, like I'm right. not using hit stick for certain things. Right. Um, so I really enjoy that customization option that they gave mm-hmm. you, uh, which uh, play having played the most recent NHLs and Maddens, like this is above and beyond. Like this is yeah. next level. Um, so I really like that. Um, and I would get in trouble if I didn't talk about playing the night before I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> Uh, which is when I hugged all of my friends very closely and dearly, <laughs> which made me worry for weeks because uh, I'm still worrying. Uh, so two weeks. Uh, but it was the first time since I saw two of my friends who had lost their dog. So oh. I gave them very big extra hugs. Right. Uh, which made me really regret it Sunday morning. Um, so for now on, if you lose an animal and I know you, you're just going to get a handshake because <laughs> if I have COVID, I don't want to give it to you. Yeah. 
Um, but we played another round of Unsettled, which oh, nice. I was harassed about not posting pictures on our Instagram, which I will, I swear I will do it at some point. <laughs> um, I guess the most important message is we lost again. We tried playing the mission again, trying to be more strategic again and again. We fell short, very short, right close to the end on our last turn. We lost the game. Uh, we used the same planet and everything. Um, we just had different uh, special abilities. But if people don't remember Unsettled is that uh, sequel-ish to Vindication. Yeah. The same uh, where you end up on a planet full of dad jokes where you're trying <laughs> to um, complete tasks and get off the planet back to your ship um, before the local... In this case, fungi life tries to kill you, which they did um, again. So uh, still a lot of fun. I'll post some pictures on our Instagram uh, this week, hopefully. Uh, but yes, those that would be that would round up um, two weeks ago. Gameplay. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. So, Josh, obviously we recorded last Sunday and I talked about how I wasn't feeling well and our show was yeah. actually short as a result of it. Uh, Monday, I stayed home from work because I did not feel good. I slept most of the day. Tuesday, then, I had to do presentations uh, all day <laughs> for work. at a, uh, It was supposed to be in person at a place like th- over three hours away, uh, but they allowed me to do via Zoom since I wasn't feeling well. So I appreciated that, but I still was doing presentations all day. Wednesday, I had to travel to a different place that they did not allow me to do Zoom, so I had to travel. Um, and I was there all day. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, Thursday then, uh, was my one day of quote unquote work. Uh, so like any student of any of my students who wanted to meet with me, Thursday was the only day that week that they could meet with me. Yeah. So I literally had meetings all day long. Ugh. And then Friday we had orientation for fall, um, for transfer students. <laughs> for fall? For, yeah, for, for transfer <laughs> it's students. It's April. <laughs> I know. Um, so we had orientation for transfer students and then, uh, I'm on a board for a, a state organization, which we had our board meeting in a, in a city a couple two and a half hours away from me. So I drove there Friday night, had a board meeting all day Saturday, um, and got back last night at about Oof. 11 p.m. And then <clears throat> today, then it was like all the stuff I'm supposed to do over the weekend I had to get done. <laughs> so that being said, Josh, played I played a bunch two, of games. <laughs> I played two hours of Overwatch this week, and that is all I played. I played ah. nothing else. That is it. Um, and it's kind of a weird feeling. Like, I don't remember the last time where I just really didn't play anything and um like that little because even like the so being sick on monday like i still had this presentation that i had to do tuesday that i hadn't finished yet so like (laughs) monday night like after i had slept all day i was like working on that presentation did the presentation all day tuesday but then i had to like do all this stuff for like orientation on uh, well, I had to prep everything for my presentation, then Wednesday, get everything packed to so go do that. And then Wednesday, I had to get everything ready for a Friday orientation because I had to, my boss had to help out because our person left. So I had to like do a whole bunch of stuff for him. So I like work Wednesday night too. <laughs> and like, so I was like, I just like worked this whole week. I didn't, I slept. Like that's all I did is work and yeah. sleep. Um, so yeah, so I didn't do, I didn't play anything, Josh. Nothing There's nothing wrong with that. Two hours of Overwatch. So you're allowed like one week out of the whole year to not play anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes adulting just super gets in the way. So, uh, yeah. yeah, really nothing happened as far as gaming goes. But hopefully this week, knock on wood. Well, we both have a board game okay. we need to play. <laughs> Which might come up when we get to, excuse me, our homework. Well, maybe that'll come up. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So with that, Josh, uh, let's move on to our topics of the show. What's your first topic this week? Well, Kyle, did you know that you can't stop the signal? Wait, what do you mean? Why can't I stop it? You don't. How do you not know that you can't stop it? It's 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 forever out there in the galaxy. Far, in the galaxy. Far, far, far away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you don't know the reference, that's fine. But, you know, educate yourself. Uh, Firefly, the game studio <laughs> announces a new board game. So this is Gale Force 9. Um, this is their first game since their last Firefly game. Uh, we've definitely got a bunch of Firefly games in between. I still own my Firefly game. It is a big game, a game that I don't get to play because of how big it is. Uh, but what I have played, I love. Uh, and I think it speaks to the success of Gale Force 9 and uh, mostly the Dune, new Dune games and yeah. even the old Dune game. Uh, but this is coming from Dicebreaker, of course. Uh, the studio behind Firefly the Game and Firefly Adventures, which is a game I have, which I haven't played, uh, has announced a new board game set in the Space Western universe. It is called Firefly Misbehaven. I mean, it's it's uh, marking the return of Gale Force 9 since 2013's original Firefly of the Game and 2018's miniatures version of Firefly Adventures. Uh, we could talk a bunch about Firefly the Game, but we're not going to. Um, <clears throat> this year's game is uh, changing, of course, the narrative on Firefly, and this, uh, I would argue, is probably aiming more towards the legendary Firefly version of a Firefly board games, which would be a new deck building game where uh, it is going to put two to four players in control of competing groups, ranging from uh, the Alliance to the scavenger community of Evesdown and the criminal affiliates of Niska. So all Serenity crew. I cannot even imagine playing as scavengers. Uh, but who knows how this will play out. Um, looking to stake the claim in the galaxy, each faction starts with a unique loadout of cards and can add additional characters, items, and places from the core, border, and rim of the verse to their deck from a central supply. Uh, the game features different episodes varying, uh, with varying objectives, which reminds me of Harry Potter um, Hogwarts Battle, which seems pretty cool. Uh, and each game uh, is set to be around 60 minutes each. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, behind the game is uh, Jack Rada, who previously worked on the Strip Down, Dune, uh, Game of Conquest, and Diplomacy, as well as uh, a new Dune game. I feel like there's probably too many Dune games out right now. There are so many Dune games, Josh. Uh, like, I'm trying to keep I them straight. I want to buy so one, hard. and I don't know which one to buy. <laughs> Dune Imperium is like the seems super, to be super the one, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems to be the one. Um, uh, but there's also another Dune game called Arrakis: Dawn of the Freeman, um, which is set in Frank Herbert's sci-fi universe, of course. But Firefly Misbehaving is coming out later this year, which coincidentally marks. The 20th, 20th, 20th anniversary of that show, 
It only has 14 episodes, <laughs> uh, which begs the question, why have they not revisited this series in any regards? Sequel, uh, prequel, remake, like where is... And a movie, sorry, you're right. Uh, ha, uh, a season in the movie, you know, that yeah. old community tagline. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yes, it's going to be 65 bucks. So this is not cheap, but at least we know it's going to be 65 bucks, which I imagine gives a very clear message on quality of game, which I like. I know now to put 65 bucks away. For a game I'll never play, but I'll add to my collection, <laughs> which I'm sure will be good. Uh, I don't know that we've ever talked about this before, but uh, I do want to ask your familiarity with Firefly um, and the movie. So I have watched Firefly and I have watched the movie, uh, but I've never played the board game. Uh, and I've always okay. wanted to, and it's just one of those games that I never picked up because I didn't know that I would be able to convince people who weren't into Firefly to be able to play it. Because sure. from what I know of it, it is a very long, it is a lengthy, heavy game. Yes. Uh, and, and one that I think is uh, best played Ooh. by those who are into gaming and those who are into Firefly. Probably less heavy than you think. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, but yes, it is long. It is a game I've always wanted to play. Um, it is definitely something that, you know, when it first came out in 2013. Yeah, 20... 2013? Oof. Uh, yeah, I just said it earlier. In, yeah, um, I think it was 2013. 20, yeah, because yeah, that's what I was trying to... I was like, I'm 2013, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it does a lot of really cool things. Um, and, and there's a lot of aspects of the game that uh, I, I just seem really like I want to try out. But yeah, it just has never been... You know, something I've ever gotten to, you know, been invited to play with others or just not something I felt confident in, um, you know, doing myself. So, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Firefly the game is is one that I have have not ever jumped into. So that's fair. Are you interested in this new one? Is this something you think you'll be checking out? I know we love we both love deck building games. We do both love deck building games. And I, that is the only thing about it that make well that and I think it's a co-op and that is co-op it's cooperative. Yes. Yeah. Are the things that make it seem potentially possible? The uh, the theme is going to be really tough, though, for me to be able to get. Sure, I get you it. You <laughs> know, uh, the partner or anyone else on board. Um, it looks nice, though. I mean, sixty five bucks for a co op deck builder seems, I don't know, like good slash bad as far as the price goes. Like it does seem expensive. I agree. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'll definitely. I'm interested. I would if somebody else had it and asked me to play. I would one hundred percent play. Yes. Um, but I just don't know if this will be something I will be picking up. So fair. Fair, fair, fair. Cool. Okay. Well, I just wanted to get the get this out here because this is certainly something I'll be adding to my collection. Yeah. I figured I I, I was like as soon as I saw this <clears throat> story, I was like, well, I th I feel like Josh might pick this one. So we'll just leave <laughs> that there. Um as I know Josh is a Firefly fan. Uh so awesome. Cool. All right, Josh. Uh <laughs> oh, excuse me. Goodness gracious. So what has been meant to be my topic for a couple weeks now? Finally, here we're getting to it. And that is the nominees for the 2021 Dice Tower Awards were announced. Yeah. Um, and the way the Dice Tower Awards work is that they announced the nominees in April. Um, and then they're actually awarded um, in, I think, June or July is when the actual um, yeah. winners are announced. 
because uh, everyone who's on their committee then you know once the the nominees are announced uh, gets a chance to play the games. Uh, they also do their nominees based off of a committee um, that people submit like who they think should be nominated for each of these things, um, and then everyone has a chance to then play the games over the next you know couple months if they haven't played something, um, and then they you know are able to vote on the winners. So. Like I said, it is, even though, you know, it is the Dice Tower Awards, it is a big committee. I think it's like over 50 people um, who are the ones who vote on this. So it is very, very large. It is definitely not just the folks at the Dice Tower who are involved as far as this goes, Um, which is why it's actually kind of a, I don't want to say like more prestigious award, but it is an award that, um, you know, you will see people put on their box that they will print it if they win like Game of the Year for the Dice Tower because it is a big deal um, as far as that goes. Uh, They do have a number of categories, so we'll go through them pretty quickly, um, but we're just going to kind of go... Pick who we think might win. Uh, some of the, you know, Josh and I always struggle with playing the most up-to-date games just because <laughs> very expensive. Um, but we try that. We try. We do try. We do try. So starting uh, most innovative nominees are Merchants Cove, Mind Management, Picture Perfect, Sleeping Gods, and So Clover. Josh, anything there that sticks out to you? What do you think might take most innovative? I think, you know, I think Picture Perfect probably wins most innovative, but uh, I, you know. Based on everything I've heard about Sleeping Gods, I, I while I think it sounds like it's an incredible game, I don't know that if it's as innovative as Picture Perfect, but yeah, I'd be two as, two. I think obviously, as someone who's played a lot of Sleeping Gods, I think Picture Perfect is the more innovative game. Yeah. So I do think that that is what should win um, this, and I think it might. I, I, so Clover might too. People really seem to love So Clover. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Picture Perfect seems like to me at least the who the winner should be there so sure any other thoughts on most innovative josh no i mean it's a great category so yeah I'll, for I'll, sure i love it so next then is best welcoming game speaking um, of a great category yeah so I, and i do like actually the the you know change of like gateway or something like you know going away from that term yes um, and just having best welcoming game the nominees are seven wonders architects canvas cascadia picture perfect and the super mega lucky box Josh, I know you have some feelings on some of the games in this category. Yeah. What do you think might win? I, you know, I really, I really am upset with myself for not following through a Canvas Kickstarter. Oh my gosh, I said the same thing to my partner the other day. I was like, man, I'm really bummed I didn't yeah, back Canvas. I've heard so many good things, and I actually was, I was a backer, and then I had to cancel it for whatever reason because, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, which happens a lot. Uh, I have Cascadia and Seven Wonders Architects. And while I love both of those games individually, uh, if we're going to talk about welcoming games, like there's no question that Seven Wonders Architects is an even more welcoming game than Seven Wonders. Right. Um, and Cascadia, while it is great, it is, I would not consider it a gateway game. Uh, it is challenging. So um, I think it, actually sticks out more of a sore thumb in this category um because i don't think it's easy <laughs> so i would pick architects for yeah, sure I, I do think cascadia is going to win this just because it, it, people love this game it yes. has a lot of hype it's a great it. game especially within the board game community people really really love this game and i think if you tell people that yeah cascadia is totally a welcoming game people are gonna be like yes all right i'm gonna use this to introduce gaming to all my yeah. friends uh so i i do think cascadia is gonna win um man i really wish i would have stuck with canvas dang it i'm so bummed i did i know um that's kind of one of those few that i've decided not to back that then have ended up being apparently very very good and i'm very kind of kicking myself as far as that goes so uh josh thinks seven winners architects i think cascadia is going to take this one 
All right, best two-player game. Uh, and the important thing to know with the two-player game nominees here is these are not games that only play two players, but these are games that they feel are play best, best for two. at two players. Um, so the nominees are Ankh, Gods of Egypt, uh, Caper, Europe, Land vs. Sea, Radlands, and That Time You Killed Me. Josh, thoughts about two-player <laughs> game? I'm shocked that Ankh is in here. I love Ankh. the theme. I really do. I can't imagine error, any Eric Lang game being best at two players, period. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard I I can't I can't go online and not see Radlands, another game I should have kickstarted, uh, <laughs> which I was looking at because I love the art. Um, I I gotta say I feel like Radlands is gonna win this one. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Um, I I kind of want to pick Land versus Sea. I, I've heard good things too. Yeah, I've heard really, really good things about the game. Uh, it is, I think, a. This might sound. This is going to probably sound weird. From what I know of the game, and I haven't played it, but from what I know, is that Land versus Sea, um, plays at two players. Oh, if I'm, if I'm going to say someone's gonna... a boat and someone's a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. But but in the sense of like. Because it's a two to four player game, but that yeah. like the two player version of the game is so much better than the three or four player sure, version of sure, the game sure. is that it almost should be like just a two player game. Yeah, there's sense. a lot of games like that. Yeah, yeah. So and that's kind of what I've heard. So as a result, when it comes to like best two player game, I think that that game on its own like might set itself apart as a result of that. Sure. Um, but you know, people really seem to like Ankh. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised it did show up on here just like you are, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that win. But I'm going to pick Land versus Sea. Josh is picking Radlands. All right, best theming nominees, and this is a fun one. Uh, the nominees are Arc Nova, Final Girl, Horrified American Monsters, Roll Camera, the filmmaking board game, and <clears throat> Sleeping Gods. Josh, best <laughs> theming. Hey, another Kickstarter I really regret not backing is Final Girl. Which you could have because it was just on Kickstarter again recently. It's still out there, I think. The is it still up? Okay. I think it's still up. Um. It's a solo game, though. Uh, it is I'm a very, solo game. Uh, it's something I talked to Donnie about. Donnie, um, my, uh, I, was, I don't want to say co-host because he's the host. The host of Decade of Horror, which I uh, am a part of. A game I tried to get him to buy. I don't think he did pull the trigger. Uh, also, Roll Camera, a game I've heard incredible things about. Um, and I love the film industry. Seems super cool. Sleeping Gods. Seems like a great theme. Horrified. I would say probably a great game. The theming is less strong for like, cause really the theme is just the monsters, but the gameplay could, you could just paste, copy paste anything. And the gameplay is the same. Right. Um, uh, I'm just going to tell you now, cause I know we have a bunch more categories to go. I'm going to pick Ark Nova for every category strategically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless something really speaks to me and having only played horrified American monsters, I can't imagine it was better than Ark Nova, the best game ever made ever in the history of all board games. <laughs> I mean, it is very good. So I it have to pick Ark Nova. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick final girl. Uh, I think Ark Nova is amazing and I'm going to pick it for a lot of other categories, but I, I think it's really hard if you're looking purely on theme. And I think all, all these five games are five really strong games from a theme perspective. Yeah. Um, 
overall. I, I, I just think Final Girl delivers steam in a way that you just don't really see. Sure. And especially with like how like there's like kind of like the box set of like Final Girl, and then there's all the different types of girls that are like the what like it just does such a good job of really, really embodying what the concept is. Um, yeah. both from the layout of the game and the way it looks, but also from gameplay from what I can gather. So I think Final Girl is going to win this, and I, and I, I would be kind of I don't want to say surprised if it doesn't because straight solo games are always a little tough. Uh, but I just think that it does an excellent job of of embodying the theme there. Sure. So. All right. So next, then, best strategy game: uh, Anno eighteen hundred, Arc Nova, Furnace, Maglev Metro, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. Josh, best strategy game. Where, where are you going? I mean, we've heard a lot of great things about Furnace. We've talked about yeah. it in the past. Uh, definitely a game I want to play. I picked Arkanova. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Furnace is a game I definitely also want to play. People really seem to be loving um, this, you know, Ares Expedition for Terraforming Mars. Some people saying that like this is the way to play Terraforming Mars now. Yeah. Um, but I am also picking Arkanova. I think that game is incredible. Um, that is a game that is not leaving my collection anytime soon. And often when I'm playing board games, I just wish I was playing Arkanova. So that is my pick. <laughs> All right. Josh, this will be an interesting one. Best solo game. Our favorite category. Our, that we do so much. Number one, <laughs> excuse me, Arc Nova. Yeah. Cascadia. Yeah. Final Girl, which uh-huh. we talked about, obviously. Hadrian's Wall, the only new game on the list. And then Sleeping Gods. Uh, Josh, best solo game. Obviously, we're not big solo gamers, but what do you yeah. think? Again, these are games that do not have to be played with one player, but uh, Final Girls is just a single player game, but yeah. that they play extremely well at one player. So, Josh, what's your pick? Well, I'm going to be a hypocrite here, and I can't, I, I can't imagine Ark Nova's any fun of playing solo, uh, just based on what I know about the game. I'm going to go Final Girl here, because yeah. um, it, it really just oozes the title of the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're the only person playing. You, it's all, It's up to you. You have to do it. You are embodying the Final Girl. Uh, such a great horror trope. Uh, always done original, usually originally or uniquely in movies. Uh, and I know there's so many different versions of this board game, uh, chapter wise to play. So I'm going to guess final girl wins this. Yeah. So this is again, a situation where, uh, final girl is the only true solo game. Yeah. So I will say, <laughs> uh, Hadrian's wall is kind of an interesting. Egg it's made there, by cause... body hill from, um, uh, King of the hill. uh yeah bobby hill designer uh but (laughs) hadrian a one to six player game that uh the community says is best at one player that's not good for your game (laughs) which you don't see too often and it's a very heavy game it's very very heavy uh but as is ark nova uh sleeping gods i think would be as well i'm also gonna go final girl i just think it's the only true solo game on here that sure. while yes, sleeping god like sleeping gods you can play solo but you're basically still playing as multiple characters right like yeah. you're still like you're just basically doing the roles of multiple people um arc nova i looked at the solo stuff it didn't interest me seeing that it's on here maybe i should go back and look at it again yeah. but i think final girl um as the only true solo game on there i think should i think we'll get the nod all right best reprint galaxy trucker great western trail second edition kemet blood and sand Summoner Wars Second Edition and Ticket to Ride Europe Fifteenth Anniversary Edition. Josh, Oof. what is your pick for reprint? Well, I've only played one game in this category. That is Ticket to Ride Europe. I have not oh. played the Fifteenth Anniversary Edition. However, mm. I think 
based on word of mouth, my guess would be a tie between Kemet and Summoner Wars. Um, it, but I, I, I really think, based on everything I've heard, uh, Kemet seems to be the better game and better re- like reprint. So I would, I would go with Kemet, but um, I think Summoner Wars is pretty close second. Yeah, I've actually played all of these games, but not the reprints necessarily of all of them. Sure. Um, actually, I haven't played the reprints of any of them. Uh, my favorite game of the games on this list is definitely Great Western Trail. I didn't know that about you. Um, <laughs> but, and I liked Kemet, but my partner hated it, so we've only played it like two or three times. Sure. Uh, that's like the original Kemet. Summoner Wars, like, I often say I have never played this game, and that's not totally true. I did play it. But it was like right when it came out, and I don't remember like anything about it. Sure, I played you know, the digital so that, version, so I don't count that as playing. Yeah, it. so that's like the hard thing of like, you could tell me, and I'd be like, that kind of sounds familiar, but like I can't authoritatively speak on it. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I've never really played it, only because like I can't comment on like what I thought of it even. Yeah, uh, but Ticket to Ride obviously is something that gets played all the time. Uh yeah, Kemet seems good. I think people really seem to like the reprint of it. People love Kemet in general as well, anyway. So Kemet Blood and Sand, it's gonna be the winner. Cool. Uh, best production values: Seven Wonders Architects, Ankh Gods of Egypt, Canvas, Maglev Metro, Sleeping Gods. Josh, best production. What are you going? Ooh, I'm tempted to go with Canvas um, because of the art style. Uh, Seven Wonders looks it's great, but it's I wouldn't say that production value is anything more notable than Seven Wonders. Um, but based on everything I've seen and heard, I'm gonna. I'm going to go with Sleeping Gods mm-hmm. um, because I hate to say this too, but like Ankh isn't, doesn't seem to be more notable than any other previously Eric Lane game besides the different miniatures. Yeah. You know, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, ooh, this is a tough one because I want to go canvas as well. Um, Megalove Metro I've seen pictures of, but I've never actually seen scenes. So that makes it a little tough um to go that route but i am going to go sleeping gods as someone who has had that game laid out on my table uh, i can tell you that the production is really really good really high quality um and a lot of different types of things that are in the game that are all done really well uh so for me sleeping gods is a pretty easy pick uh and yeah i think that's definitely where i will go for production values no problem there all right so with that then we're going to move on to pe- best party game nominee uh, and the nominees are Doodle Dash, Mystic Paths, So Clover, Snakes, with like three S's at the end, and the Super Mega Lucky Box. Uh, kind of a fun little quirk of this party game uh, category is that Phil Walker Harding is the designer of both the Super Mega Lucky Box and Snakes. Uh, so he's actually competing against himself in the same category, which is funny. Uh, I did talk about earlier that So Clover is a game that a lot of people really, really do seem to like. It's a game that has gotten a lot of excitement, uh, a game that is kind of a pretty unique party game as far as what you're doing as trying to like link all of the cards um, based off of four different terms that are there. So it is something that uh, people do seem to enjoy. Uh, but like I said, the Super Mega Lucky Box is kind of a, an interesting little game as far as the design of what, what it goes like what it's going for um and overall like these are all games that people do seem to really enjoy um but because of my what i said earlier for best party game uh, i think that i would pick so clover but josh 
between Doodle Dash, Mystic Path, yes. Soak Clover, Snakes, <laughs> and Super Mega Lucky Box, what would you pick as best party game? I keep hearing about how good Snakes is, but <laughs> I, whenever I think about grabbing it, I never see it in the store for some reason. Uh, I don't, maybe because people are buying it and it's good. Yeah, I have no be. idea. Uh, um, but I think I'll go with So Clever because I, I kind of agree with you like that it seems to be like a pretty big word of mouth game and a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So yeah, I'll guess So Clever, but I would love to try Snakes at some point. I would as well. All right, Josh, moving on. The best game from a small publisher nominee. Um, and I think, oh, let me just double check. Okay, no, that's the next category. So, yes, yeah, small publisher. Um, this is um, is relative to the number of games that they release a year. Yeah. Um, and I think they can't release more than two or three or something like that. Games in a year to be considered a small publisher. Something similar to that. Hmm. Um, the nominees are Canvas, The Initiative, Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile, Mind Management, and Stardew Valley, the board game. Josh, you have some insight on that Stardew Valley game, but what are your <laughs> thoughts on uh, Best Small Publisher? I sure do. I played that game a couple times, and it's very, very, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did I tell you? Did I mention it's very hard? I think you said that. It's very hard. Um, not, uh, But uh, I think there's something to be said with how difficult it is and how much I still enjoy playing it. Uh, that also being said, I think Oath's going to win this. <laughs> um, because I don't see how leader games can be considered a small publisher, but I also understand the criteria. Yeah, It just, just doesn't match up. But I can't imagine Oath not winning this. Yeah. So I think, I mean, Oath would be my gut pick too. I, I would really go there. Uh, I, I will say though that there are some people who really don't like Oath. Sure. Like, oh yeah, it, for sure. You know, There's a lot of people who don't like Root either. Yeah, and you know the the you know Root Oath. These are games that really hit for some people. And the people who love them yeah. absolutely love them. They're like their favorite games ever. But there are some people who th- those games just don't work for. And as a result, one game that I think might sneak this out is a game that people seem to really really like, but not talk Mind about management. a ton. But I think what's that? Mind management. That's exactly it. Yes, it's yeah. a game that. People always talk about enjoying. It's never at the top of list, but it's on like everyone's list, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, I think mind management might sneak in and steal this um, best game from a small publisher. Yeah. So that's my pick there. All right, Josh, best game from a new designer. Um, and for this one, I think this has to be their first or second published game. Okay. I believe is how they go for this one. Um, and the nominees are Ark Nova, which is ridiculous that that is his first game because it is actually his first. Yes. Um, Meadow. Paleo, So Clover, and Unsettled, which we have talked about as well on the show. Josh, best new designer. What are your, I've what's your played pick? one of these games, and it's very good, but I have to pick Ark Nova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think these are five games that, if this was someone's gaming shelf, from what I know about these five games, this would be a stellar gaming shelf. Oh, for sure. You know, so these new designers really are cracking it out of the park. I have to pick Ark Nova, obviously, just because it's a game that I, I, I really, really love. And yeah. the fact that it is his uh, Matthias Wiggy's first game is really kind of mind blowing to me because it's really layered and complex. Like there's a lot going on in this game. Um, so uh, big props. That's my pick. I, I think that's what's going to win. Um, but who knows? Uh, I think that at really any of these are very viable. Uh, Meadow is a game we haven't talked about too much. Yeah. Um, but it's a game I know people really, really love yeah. as well. So but yeah. So that's my pick. Just the four categories left. 
Best game expansion. Uh, the nominees are Endangered, New Species, Lost Ruins of Arnak, Expedition Leaders, Parks, Nightfall Expansion, Sleeping Gods, Tides of Ruin, and Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2. Hmm. Josh, where are you going for best expansion? I had to go with Unmatched. I would go with Unmatched regardless because not only is this a great expansion, but with every Unmatched expansion, it is more difficult for them to develop because it has to test with every previous version right. of Unmatched because the whole thing about Unmatched is that you can play any character with any previous character and um, something that Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume 2 um, and subsequently has done is they've added different mechanics. Mm. Not not to the effect of like a Ascension, um, but like uh, I believe with of Battle of Legends Volume 2, they added different uh, map changes where like mm-hmm. some areas are worth more than others. Um, and some of the newer ones add uh, all like tokens and things like that as well, which you can also choose not to use, which is nice. But um, I, I appreciate the fact that out of these four characters, um, which I was just about to try to pronounce all of them, but I'm, I'm sure I would ruin them. <laughs> um, but Achilles, um, the Monkey King, Yelanangia, and Bloody Mary. I'm sure I messed up two of the names. Um, they just play so solidly. Um, they do such a good job with the, the amount of detail they put into these characters. Uh, I really... Uh, Unmatched has become like a beloved game series for me. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. For me, I am torn between two here. Um, and I'm not going to go with this one, but I think there would be an expectation that I might pick Sleeping Gods, Tides yes. of Ruin. And I will say, and th- this is going to be both praising and not praising this game at the same time. So Sleeping God, Tides of Ruin, when you get the box, it comes as a separate box, right? When you get Sleeping Gods, it was a separate box that you came. And then you take it and you just shuffle everything into your Ugh, Sleeping God. I hate that. <laughs> but, but, so that's where, like, I think i have experienced part of the tides of ruin stuff but you because know. like there are parts but there are parts in the game but like it's so seamless sure that it doesn't necessarily feel in addition to yep. if that makes sense right like it just fits so well which is both i think a high point of it of like saying like hey look it just really feels like it's part of the world but also kind of like but is it an expansion then you know you just you have more yeah um yeah so yeah, and there and theoretically, like you could like shuffle everything in, and you could still play through the campaign, um, or one version of the campaign, and never experience anything in the expansion if you don't right. go the right directions. Right. So it is kind of like this weird thing of like, well, yeah, it's an expansion, but no. So anyway, my as a result, then my pick is uh, Parks of the Nightfall expansion. Okay. Uh, Parks is a game that I've talked about on here before. Adore it. I think it's an exceptional game, and the Nightfall expansion actually does change up. Um, what is a fun game into the fact of like you can now camp um, and like how does that change like the movement on the on progressing through the parks and the way that you're doing things it's a pretty cool nifty little expansion that yeah I just I don't know I think parks is a game that I know I've talked about Ark Nova a ton uh, as of late because it's kind of the hotness and sleeping gods as well but parks is one of those games that it is it is sneaky sneaky good and I highly recommend anyone play it and the nightfall expansion just is 
it is adding some different fun things, but also you still it, it is not weighing down the main game in any way, shape, or form. It really sure. adds to it and brings something new. So, all right, best cooperative game. Uh, the the nominees are The Adventures of Robin Hood, Paleo, Sleeping Gods, So Clover, and Unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. What are you picking? Best cooperative. I've heard great things about the Robin Hood game, another game I yeah. should have kickstarted and I didn't. I know. Um, also, Unfathomable, uh, a game I really want to play, but it's one of those games where I know that the player count is so high that I will never play it. Um, I like knowing, like, it's so tough. Like it's a reskin of a game that I've always right. wanted to play, and it's a reskin that I actually like the reskin. So it makes it even more difficult yeah. to like not have played it. Because listen, if you're not uh, familiar, Unfathomable is just Battle Battlestar Galactica, the board yeah, game. It's Re- Battlestar Re- reskins, um, a, a show I love to death, and now there's it's just taking on Lovecraft, which I love. Right. Um, I've heard so many good things about all these games. You know. Um, I will say this. I haven't heard specifically co-op talk about these games. Mm. Um, But knowing what you've talked about, I would go with Sleeping Gods because I guess technically I have heard you talk about (laughs) co-op. But industry-wise, I haven't. For me, it's hard to pick Unfathomable just because it is like it seems weird to be able to nominate it since it's a retheme of a game that already exists that is yeah. well beloved. Like Battlestar Galactica is a top 100 game on Board Game Geek, like and you're just taking that but putting it in you know this universe. It seems weird then to be able to nominate that. Sure, which I get it is a different product, but it just seems a little odd to me. The Adventures of Robin Hood is a game that I also almost kickstarted, yeah, and I just didn't. And I again, this is kind of <laughs> up there with Canvas. I was like, oh, I probably should have, but. There's so many. I have so many co-op games that it's tough for me to justify that. I, for me, Sleeping Gods is a slam dunk here. I love Sleeping Gods. Obviously, I talked about it a ton. Uh, so for me, that is a slam dunk. Here. Nice. Uh, best game artwork, uh, and the nominees are Onk, Gods of Egypt, Bitoku, Canvas, Meadow, and Sleeping Gods. Josh, what is your pick for best game artwork? I gotta go with Canvas on this one. This is yeah. the one that, like, this is the big draw for the game, right? And it also helps. Now that we know that this game is apparently very good, yeah, uh, but exactly. the artwork was always the big draw. Um, so I would, I would pick, our, I would pick Canvas for this. Yeah, Canvas for me is a slam dunk here as well. Um, I will say I think Meadow has very nice art. Like I think it is like oh, very agree, distinctive. Yes. Like Meadow, I think is really great. Yeah. Actually, really Batoku and Sleeping Gods too. Sleeping Gods, like the art in it's more what I'm frustrated by. It's a this, Red Raven like, Games art. That's what it is. It's all the same art. <laughs> I, well, and that's why I said, like, frustratingly, you know, Ryan Lockett <laughs> designs the game, does the art for the game, does, like, right. everything. And you're right. like, how is this person this good at this stuff? Uh, so that's just what's funny. I, now, I, I don't, I know, I really, I don't think the Ankh artwork is that good. Maybe that's just me, but I'm kind of surprised that Ankh is nominated here. I mean... Yeah, I haven't seen more than like surface level artwork, so I'm not sure right. how much more is in the game. But yeah, I agree. That's it's, true. it's it's yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and and not that it's bad. It just seems very similar to a lot of other stuff stuff we've seen before. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. So awesome. So both of us picking canvas there, and then the big enchilada, Josh, game of the year. They do nominate a few more in this category. The nominees are Seven Wonders Architects, Arc Nova, Cascadia. Hadrian's Wall, Maglev Metro, Meadow, 
Merchant's Cove, Mind Management, and Sleeping Gods. Josh, what is your pick then for Game of the Year? Oh, I pick Ark Nova because you would be <laughs> stupid to not pick Ark Nova. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean you specifically. I just mean in general. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also pick Ark Nova. I think Cascadia has a, a, a solid shot because like it's I such said, a it's such a great game. But yeah, yeah it's people it really do love. Candle. <laughs> yeah, people really love Cascadia. But I, I also pick Ark Nova. That is my pick also for game of the year last year. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. But Sleeping Gods is great. Um, Merchant's Cove is a game that I, I haven't had a chance to play, but yeah um it does seem pretty unique with what it's doing there but yeah for me i think Arkno was the pick so like i said we'll have some time before we find out but those are your pick or the nominees all like i said a really solid group of games there 2021 was a very very good year for games so those are some of the nominees hey but josh uh what's your second topic this week? <laughs> second topic well, we're going for a marathon episode uh the, <laughs> would you argue that maybe potentially halo missed the target uh i wrote my own pun and then i said it and felt <laughs> stupid saying it. <clears throat> so we got a little bit of a heads up on halo infinites uh we'll call it i don't know season map roadmap roadmap if you will uh i'm not really going to talk about the multiplayer too much it's just another season uh if i would reiterate anything about halo's um multiplayer uh what's the word i want to use that they use in apex legends and fortnite and season pass is that uh you do not lose your progress in the season pass when a new season uh happens which is i i think a very great thing that halo is doing uh but it also kind of shows you uh the chinks and their armor so to speak where they are making kind of impossible tasks for season passes making right. it very difficult to complete them it's been a pretty big buzzkill in the halo uh multiplayer community so much so that there are now more active master chief collection multiplayer streamers and users than Halo Infinite streamers, which I think really speaks to um, their challenge in bringing a battle pass uh, to players and trying to also be profitable. Yeah. Um, They just, they don't have a good team doing it. They probably should have. I don't know if they have. I'm just speculating that they probably didn't talk to EA and Apex Legends teams or Fortnite to see like some best practices, which is right. usually something people in business do to figure out how to be successful. That's one of those unwritten rules where people kind of are like happy to be forthcoming to a degree about <laughs> how to be successful. Yeah. And it just seems like they missed that whole mark. However, what I want to talk about is something that I found to be severely lacking in my six hour last mission I played in Halo which is the lack of cooperative campaign. Uh-huh. Um, and we're getting a little bit more insight into 343's, uh, I don't know, uh, incentive's not the right word, but maybe motivation to get this co-op campaign into this game, which, in my opinion, should have been available at launch. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we're now seeing that at least, at least we will not be getting it until August 2022, where I'm still not... Uh, uh, this feels like a cyberpunk thing to me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very uh, anticipatory. <laughs> Words, they fail me. I don't think this is going to happen. I think they're just putting a date out there to put a date out there. I'm kind of sick of games putting dates out. To be honest, yeah, I hear you. but we are now hearing that we're not going to see campaign until August 2022. Uh, and Forge, which has been a huge, huge part of Halo multiplayer, has also been delayed until at least uh, August. We were supposed to get it in May. Yeah, to delay it like a week before people are expecting it is pretty. Yeah disappointing um and if you want to check out the roadmap for seasons two and three you're you're welcome to check out halo waypoint if you want to see uh what they have mapped out but uh, uh this doesn't even need to be this doesn't need to be something we talk about for a long time i just i really think that they dropped the ball on every every aspect of this game's launch. Um, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I don't think a single Halo game has launched without co-op. Not to mention, and I don't have the date in front of me, but I'm sure it's in here somewhere. When they talk about Halo co-op, it doesn't even include split screen. This is yeah. something even further down the line yeah. that we're not going to get. Uh, which, for me, every Halo game that I played has been with friends in split yep. screen in yep. the house together. Um, I think Halo five guardians is, is the only game I haven't played co-op because it just came out at a time where people weren't playing Halo anymore and I couldn't get right. people to come over. Um, I just think it's just uh, to, to put the cherry on the top of my disappointing Halo infinite ending campaign wise. Mm-hmm. I really just think this is just a, a big old bummer and yep. it makes me sad. Uh, I really think that the Halo game I played is not a true Halo game. Uh, and this is really speaking to that. Uh, but on, on the potential of someone having a lighter take, what's your thoughts on <laughs> Halo uh, co-op campaign and in this delay? Yeah, I think there is a bit of a bummer there that, uh, they said that, you know, co-op campaign that's going to come in season two, right? And season two starts in May. I don't know that anyone anticipated season two is going to last six months. Right. That's crazy. Like, that is like for <laughs> for a, you know, game that's going off of a um, battle pass style. Like a six month season is a really long time. At least it seems to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe for the, you know, it just I, I felt like three months was, you know, like half that was more typical. Yes, the delay for the co-op campaign is disappointing. Now, I'll be honest, am I going to replay the campaign? Probably not. But the fact that the, like, the campaign <laughs> mission replay isn't coming until like August either uh, is kind of, you know, and then the Forge open beta is September. And then, yeah, um, campaign split screen co-op isn't until at least November. Yeah. You know, so it, it it is a bit disappointing there for, you know, what was such a stalwart like flag in the ground part of Halo as, as having that campaign, that co-op experience through the campaign. The biggest thing to me about this is that is disappointing, though, is that it sound it seems like, and I didn't read all of the update nitty gritty, but at least according to the picture roadmap, 
there are two total new maps for the entire season. Right. Right. One arena map <laughs> and one big team battle map. And you might remember, Josh, all the way back in January when I said, like, hey, I really like I like the Halo Infinite multiplayer. It just really needs new maps, which means we're going to go almost a year and have only had two maps added to the thing. Yeah, they also like they like to list a new game mode as King of the Hill. Right. Like, is that a new game mode? <laughs> I mean, for this, I guess it is. But. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I appreciate that they're being transparent about like what what things are looking like. Like that's always good. Um, but it is not something that makes me energetic or enthusiastic to jump into Halo. Yeah, again. yeah, big old bummer. I really think they dropped the ball on this entire Halo Infinite game in general. And yeah. and I say that as a Halo fan and someone, I, I genuinely do enjoy the multiplayer and I genuinely did enjoy 80% of my game time yeah. with the Halo campaign. Uh, I don't understand how they can drop the ball this much uh, because this is a big miss, not just for 343, but for Microsoft because... When you think of Halo, you don't think three four three. You think yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. Like Or I think some people still think Bungie. E- even even so yes, and I'm sure Bungie's feeling a little bit of this too. <laughs> like yeah. they're probably not thrilled about it either. So um I don't know. Maybe we see a little bit of change in three four three in the future. All right, Josh, my topic's gonna be very, very brief. Um so Last week, yeah. A, uh, <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. A, a new <laughs> Star Wars game was announced. Amy Hennings got a game, Star Wars game, uh, being done with Skydance New Media. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Josh, I kind of posed this in the Discord very briefly, but I'm just going to ask you here. There are now eight Star Wars <laughs> games in development. Sure. There's there's Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic, <clears throat> Star Wars Nice of the Old Republic re- remake by Aspir, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 by Respawn, an open world game from Ubisoft that's coming, a narrative-focused first-person shooter from Respawn, a strategy game between Respawn and Brit Reactor, Star Wars Hunters by Zynga, which is a a mobile game, and now this Amy Henning game. Keeping in mind, LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga just came out, so there's kind of almost nine. Is there ever... Is there is it possible to have too many games in development for an IP? Question number one. Question number two, of these eight games that we know exist in the future, which one are you most excited about? Oh, most excited about... Okay, Uh, well... It's kind of funny that six months ago we were talking about how EA dropped the ball on Star Wars games, <laughs> right? Uh, and there weren't any Star Wars games being made. The yeah. last Star Wars game we had was Battlefront Two. <laughs> uh, so yes, eight new games is a bit much in a six-month span of complaining about no Star Wars games to having all, all of the Star, the Star Wars, Wars games. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as much as. I want Amy Henning's game to be my number one most excited. I have no faith that it will come out. So I think my biggest, and and it, it seems kind of cheap, but because I kind of know what to expect, I think the KOTOR remake is my most excited. Really? Um, because I I even took a picture of a Darth Revan uh Star Wars figure I saw today at Target and asked Fluxibos people if I should buy it because I probably should have bought it. I didn't. Um, uh, I have such a fondness for KOTOR and I tried to replay it and it's just, it falls into that category of unplayable games. Yeah. And I- it, my excitement for a KOTOR remake is just as high as my excitement for a Dead Space remake. 
Okay. And okay. Dead Space is 10 times more replayable than KOTOR. So uh, I'm really, and, and also it makes me excited for kind of like Mass Effect's uh, remaster. It makes me excited for this generation of people who don't know who Death Revan is, who don't yeah. know what KOTOR is. Yeah. Um, because it is genuinely one of the best told Star Wars stories, including yeah. cinematic features. I uh, tried to play. I had never. I've never played Kotor. Oh. Uh, or I should say, I didn't play. So it back you're in the day. my prime candidate for yeah. this remake. <laughs> um, I didn't play it back in the day, and I tried to play it about a year ago. Yeah, and it was like this is miserable. It's unplayable. I'm like, I how? I'm like, this is one of the best. Star Wars games. This is one of the best Star Wars people, games of all time. People force themselves to play through it Ugh. with, like, and nostalgia drives them. And I'm yeah. like, you could be playing other games. <laughs> <laughs> I never really said too much about it because I didn't want to get like a whole bunch of hate for it. But I was like, man. And I know it's like a. It's one of those things that you know some some styles of game like ta- time passes by and makes it look very bad, yeah. right? Like at the time, probably great. But now we're just like, mm, not really what we're doing in games anymore. Right. So. Right. Okay, um, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, for you. I think uh, for me, I think the easy pick would be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order two because I really d- did love um, oh. the the first one. But I'm actually going to pick the open world Ubisoft game because it's being made by Massive, who made the Division and the Division two, and I really like those games. I don't know that we talk about yeah. them a ton on the show, but I dumped fifty plus hours into each of those games, um, sure. including the Division two. I think I put like fifty hours of it on Xbox and then like fifty hours of it on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. So like. <laughs> I played a lot of those games, so I, I that's probably where I'm most interested. But I also I've played um, the Amy Henning game would be the easy pick, but again, like who knows when we're ever going right. to see that thing? So it's hard to be excited for something five years from now. Um, and uh, the narrative, the first person shooter is the other one that I might go with because I'm like, well, Respawn does really good first person shooters. Sure. But overall, picking one that Ubisoft game because I'm excited to see what Massive's going to do. With good it. pick. So, awesome. So with that, we're going to kind of move on, give some updates on homework uh what was now basically a month ago i know right <laughs> um i josh assigned me to read some comics yeah um and he assigned me i don't have i got it uh the civil I, war i have mine up on me yeah. <laughs> oh do you okay cool um josh assigned <clears throat> me to read comics because we basically uh game pass was giving three months of a marvel unlimited for free yeah um so i was like well i've never been much of a hero comic person so like what should i do so josh assigned me to read uh civil war the complete event yes Josh, you've been reading. How far did you get? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm going through my list right now. Uh, I I have now. Uh, it should be noted I have previously read all of these. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I guess I should say this now, right? So, like, when Kyle asked me to do this, I I kind of toyed between a few different ideas about what I could assign him, and I was like, maybe I would pick something for Kyle that I also haven't read. Um, but you know, thinking about where we are in the Marvel cin- Cinematic Universe and where we are as a country, also, um, I really just I always go back to Civil War, and this was an event that happened in oh boy, two thousand, sorry, nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> um, where uh. They took all Marvel was like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make every comic to a degree uh coincide with each other. And we're gonna make our comic readers try to figure out 
Like, there was no roadmap. So, like, what this shows you, it's easy for right. you to follow. But when yeah. I went to yeah, the yeah. comic store, I had to go through every comic and look. And they didn't always have the Civil War logo on it. Sometimes yeah. I would read a Civil War comic and it would be like, make sure you read Amazing Spider-Man number or whatever to right. know what's going on. And I'm like, oh, crap. I got to ask yeah. them if they have that. So... Because it would have like the road to civil war at right. the very top, and you're like, oh, okay. So it was a big, it was a big thing to collect all these comics. So, um, uh, the last thing I have read is um, Civil War: Young Avengers and Runaways issue number two, which is, <clears throat> uh, oh boy, I can't even tell you the list on the list. It's. I don't know. It's it's on our list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's probably, after def- it's after Wolverine. There's a bunch of Wolverines. Yeah. It's after Wolverine number forty five. Yeah, you're definitely further than I am. Then uh, I've read through fifteen. Um, you read I through just, fifteen issues. Okay. So yeah, I did X Factor. X Factor uh, issue eight is the last thing I read. Oh, whoa! Yeah, I'm way, way, way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, and like I said, part of the problem was I was on a, doing a really, really good clip. Yeah. Um, and then last week happened where I like did nothing. Um, so I had been doing really well. And the problem is, is that like, this is going to sound nitpicky, but it's not meant to be. My phone sucks. So like at the end of the day, when I'm wanting to like lay down and go to bed, I'm like, oh, I'll read a couple of issues. My phone battery's at like 2%. Oh, yeah. That's so it's just like, ah, so like I have to. So I like was like reading at lunch during work and like things like that. So I really didn't have like, because I kind of thought I'm like, oh, this will be perfect. Because I'll just read like while I'm like laying in bed, you know. Yeah. I'll read till I'm tired. That's and I'll what be good I. To go. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, and but like I, I just can't because my phone's like dead. <laughs> so that is the hard thing. I, you know, how you can check like your battery life on your phone. You don't have a cell phone charger right next to your bed. Well, I do, but the cord's super short. So get I a longer like, cord. I, well, I know. But <laughs> I know it's like super short, so I have to like lay like really funny to actually look at my yeah. phone. But like my my phone's battery health is like sixty. Oh, that's you gotta get a new phone. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like I, I, like I get up in the morning and like by lunchtime my phone battery's at like just get a percent. Oh boy, get a new phone and get a tablet. Come on, get with get with. It's really bad. It's really pathetic. But that's right. I'm really enjoying it though. Like I'm having a really good time reading it. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. I think this would have been really hard to do had I not seen the movies first. Sure. Just because like there, like there is just random stuff in there sometime where if, like you have, if you don't yeah. know like anything about <laughs> yes. anything, yeah. you would be completely lost, but I'm really enjoying it. Like I'm going to read through all of this and then I'm going to kind yeah. of try to decide what I'm going to do next. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think this was a great place to start because it does give me context for like the you know mcu that i know and have seen many many times yeah but it gives me more fleshed out backgrounds brings in characters that obviously they couldn't use in the mcu and kind of how those relationships work yeah Um, but yeah having the background of everything that happened there some of these random things that are occurring i'm like oh no okay like this makes sense or i roughly understand this though it is funny because it's like hey here's this thing to read it is very re- odd when you're all of a sudden like reading like issue 293 of a run. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, like I am this <laughs> like this happened a hundred issues ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like and then they're like, well, I'm currently the one. And you're like, what do you mean currently? Like, what, yeah. what happened 200 issues ago, you know? Uh, but no, I'm, re- I, I'm really enjoying it. I definitely recommend it. Um, you know, if you have Game Pass, it, it's kind of a no brainer to take advantage of these free ones. And if you have yeah. watched the MCU, like you can definitely 
jump into something like Civil War and still understand basically everything that's going on. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. It's pretty cool. Um, we'll have to see what I do after this, but I I am committed to finishing it. It's like fifty co- comics. Like it's, it's a, a lot. lot of comics. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's it gives you a lot of insight into um, what's kind of come in the MCU. <clears throat> it also talks about a lot about um, you can see like the divergence between the movies and yes. and the and this and the comics and and for anyone who hasn't read it, I don't want to spoil it. So. I would say check it out if you have this free trial, but um, it really deals with um, <clears throat> oh, what I would say is not your average comic book issues where it's very real life and yeah, and the inciting factor is something very way more devastating than the MCU version. Um, but but what I like is like so the comic the series like you're reading amazing spider-man you're reading fantastic four you're reading new avengers uh you're reading a separate civil war series you're also reading a separate civil war front lines series you're reading she hulk because she she's the lawyer um which will probably play into the she hulk series coming out you're reading wolverine where you like and i don't know about you but like I just love the art style of the Wolverine runs. Oh yeah, yeah. They're just so like comic-y comic, like over the top comics. Yeah. And you get to see all these characters drawn differently in each like run that you're reading too. Um Civil War Frontline, like hat does I think like four different arcs per issue and they're done in different art styles. Uh the only thing I don't like is the last one where they're trying to tie Marvel into civil rights movements, and I kind of feel like it's a little too uh, out of touch. Like you don't yeah. have to compare superheroes to something that happened in real life because it's right, not one to one. The Thunderbolts, which is like um, a notorious, it's basically the Suicide Squad of of Marvel, um, X Factor, the New Avengers. Like all these comics are in here. Um, Cable and Deadpool like is a great fun. You haven't even got to Cable and nope. Deadpool yet, but you know Deadpool. It's it's yep. going to be a fun read. Um, so there's so much to go for you. Uh, you get into Miss Marvel and Heroes for Hire and Runaways. There's so much. There's so much good stuff in here, and it all comes from different angles and crazy different storytelling. Right and every character has their own opinion on what's going on. Um, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I hope, I hope you continue to enjoy it. Yeah, no, my, like I said, my plan is to continue to read and, um, you know, expand my knowledge of comics. So it's, I do think it is, you know, the going between series, but then seeing like characters in like, you know, pulled into like other series. Yeah. the art differences, like kind of like you talked about, like obviously different artists are going to draw things in different ways with different styles, but still being able to tell that like, oh, this is still like this character, even though they're looks slightly different and they're here. And like, you know, like it's kind of cool. It's, it's really makes it feel like a really robust, like lived in like world that all these people are in. And, and it's kind of like an interesting <clears throat> like perspective shift because like you're like, OK, like 
this is the way that this character like sees this world. Yeah. So yes, this person, like you know, wh- whomever it is, as let's say it's Spider Man, is drawn slightly differently or doesn't look quite the same as like the Spider Man issue I read like eight ago or whatever. But from this character's perspective, that is how Spider Man would look. Right. Whereas in Spider Man's world, like this character would look more. You know, like I, it's just a really kind of interesting and different way to think about those things and kind of how all of that works. So yeah, yeah it's fun. So I would I encourage others like. If all you've done is the MCU stuff, I would encourage you to, to check this option out if you have it, because it, it is a really fun and interesting perspective um, just to see definitely how things are similar, but also how things can be very, very different, especially when they're like, we're just not going to use certain characters because we can't, right. you know, like, <laughs> so awesome. Okay. Um, I got assigned to play Lost Runes of Arnak. Um, I have played Lost Runes of Arnak one time, okay. um, but I, I'm not at the point where I want to talk about it yet, because usually for board games, I like to talk about them or play them three or four times before i actually talk about them on the podcast and especially with this game what's really interesting is it is a deck building worker placement resource management game yeah and like i can't totally decide like (laughs) after one play like all of them seem important and i I don't really know that i did any of them very well so i yeah this is a game i think i'm gonna have to play a couple more times to kind of wrap my head around i don't think it's like a super super complex game i just was not anticipating that like all of these things were going to be as critical factors when i was playing as they were sure um so i have played it once but it's definitely something i'm gonna play more hopefully in the next week or so um i'll talk about it as like an actual played game more in depth but nice cool uh josh what is my homework for two weeks from now okay well i i think i'm just gonna stick on the topic i think uh i don't want to do anything crazy but i want i think you need to read 14 issues between now so one issue a day an issue a day okay i I was gonna say 15 but i was like oh that seems rude (laughs) (laughs) so So read 14 more issues of civil war the complete whatever they call it well, okay, so that would be to a uh, Wolverine issue forty-four. Okay. Yeah, or read more, whatever okay, you're to your heart's content. But I would say okay. tr- aim for fourteen, and you know, if you get a C, you get a C. If you only read eight, <laughs> you get a C. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, Josh, your homework then uh, is you're gonna just do your darndest to try to play Foundations of Rome. Oof, yeah, you know, I'm gonna try real hard, and I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm gonna so, try real hard to play. Yes. Yeah. So like, that is yeah. that is yours. I'll do my yeah, best. so check out the social medias if you want to see pictures of how beastie Foundations of Rome is. So Josh and I yeah. both have it now. But uh, all right, Josh, any questions or any Calico Corner this week? Or I know we're running pretty long. So if you want to, yeah, we'll do a quick. Be- we'll do a quick one. Paul did chime in. We'll give him a quick uh, rundown of awesome. his update. And Paul chimes in. He said, "Dude, Josh, you got the Rona." Yeah, I did. Yes, I still have. I, I'm still feeling it. Uh, glad you're hanging in there. Feel better. He asked me if I watched Infinity Train. Sorry, Paul, I did not watch Infinity Train while I was sick. I watched Severance and uh, Ted Lasso season one, and, mm. and a couple episodes of season two. Man, Ted Lasso, so good. They don't make TV shows like that. You know what's nice about Ted Lasso? It's just a show about a genuinely nice person who yeah. does genuinely nice things. Yeah. And you just wish death upon anyone who does anything mean to him. I but know, he, right? But he doesn't. No, And doesn't. that makes him a hundred times better than I will ever be in my entire life. Yeah. I love I love Bill Lawrence, uh, who created Scrubs, who created Ted Lasso, who created Undateable, 
which unfortunately Chris Lee is a part of, which yeah, he was in like forever and dateable now. But uh, yeah. there's also some great cast on that. Um, and he did Cougar Town, which I did watch, but I heard is very good. So yes, uh, I love Ted Lasso. It's so good. I can't wait it to keep so watching good. more. Paul spent 140 hours in Horizon Forbidden West. Yes. Crazy. He didn't even do everything yet. So he's only 94%. So good for him. He got the platinum now. Um, He's looking to get back into Guardians and then jump into Lego Star Wars. Good for him. He's super excited about the Ultimate Kalbunka collection for TMNT with a 12-31-22 release date, which means there's no release date yet. (laughs) Correct. Hang on tight, Paul. It's coming. They say summer now. He says, what do you think about the August release rumors? Well, before PAX East happened, I would say I don't believe him, but TMNT was a talk of PAX East, and I saw lots of people, including Austin Creed, playing TMNT. So it's playable. It's in people's hands. Paul, it's coming out. So don't lose faith. Also, Barry premieres right now. Barry, season three. I just got the text message from HBO. Uh, so, yes, that's our email. <laughs> awesome. So with that, then we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Speaking of Barry, which is on HBO Max, the one night I did stay at past 7 p.m. this week, I watched... 25 minutes of Halo and then three hours of the Batman. (laughs) The Batman is on HBO Max. I did not know what to expect going into this film. Um, And I want to tell you about it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. So how do I do that? The Batman. Well, I'll tell you what. I was talking to my dad about it today. He hasn't watched it yet. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I feel like Robert Pattinson is probably the same age that Michael Keaton was when he played Batman. He's probably the same age Val Kilmer was when Val Kilmer played Batman. He's probably close to the same age George Clooney was (laughs) and close to the same age Christian Bale was when they played Batman. Uh, This movie, uh, you, they do a really good job of making you feel he's about 10 years younger than any of the Batmans we've seen before, unless you've watched Batman Beyond. He really comes across as a 20-something-year-old Batman. Um, and I think that's important to the story of this uh, movie, but uh, this is not like a Batman you've ever seen before. Before I continue, have you watched the Batman? Uh, I have not. It is on my, okay. I'm hoping to watch it this week. Okay, so... Uh, uh, I think it's important the way I talk to you. Then <laughs> um, I have to be in the, the mood for dark and brooding, and I just haven't been quite yet. Well, you got to be in the mood for seven. Which I, I really like seven. Okay. So uh, this is like minus Kevin Spacey. This is uh, <laughs> the Batman, the bat, the seven man. Uh the the Riddler's the well the Riddler and the Penguin are the antagonists. Um, 
as good as Robert Pattinson is, I really think Colin Farrell really sticks out as the best mm-hmm. actor in this entire film. Um, if you watch Westworld, you also know who Alfred is. Mm, he's yep. played by, and I wish I could remember the actor's name, but he's incredibly good. Uh, it's just, it's it's just such a great take on Batman that we haven't seen before. It's not jokes. There's no jokes. It's probably not a single joke in this movie. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's very dark. It's intentionally dark. Mm-hmm. It's long. It's gritty, yeah. but it's character developing. Like this is a movie that is intent on having the same Batman for a few more movies, which is mm-hmm. always good. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to say much more. Uh, so, um, Zoe Kravitz is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, it's really just a movie full of great actors, I guess is what it That's comes good. down to. Yeah. Um, but it's just as a lifelong Batman fan, someone I can look in this room and see 25 different Batman things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very easily. And probably there's more. Uh, we've never seen a Batman like this. And. Uh, I understand people's criticisms because they're also not used to a Batman like this. Mm-hmm. So don't expect bat nipples and Joel Schumacher jokes and uh, comic booky, cartoony like aspects to the film. Maybe if you're thinking more of Christopher Nolan's Batman's, you'll get a better idea. But even this is so drastically different than Christian Bale's Batman. Um. It's slow, it's methodical, it's plotting, uh, and it all it, it all fits. It all works well uh, to the degree where I'm going to watch this probably three more times before oh. it leaves HBO Max <clears throat> because okay. I missed. I know I missed so much. Gotcha. Um, it's just so very well done. Uh, it's just a very uh, excellently crafted film. Uh, you mentioned that it's, you know, that some of the criticisms out there are just I haven't seen, like, any criticism of this movie. So. Oh, you, it's easy to find. <laughs> oh, is it? Like, basically oh, everything I hear is about how amazing it is. So uh, I will say this. If you're watching an HBO Max, when you're done with the film, go to the extras. Usually there's, like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, one-minute um, uh, featurettes. But find the deleted scene. There's one deleted scene that's five minutes long. Oh yeah, you probably you probably know what it is, but some people might not know. Just watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been great if they kept it in the film, but it also didn't make sense um, plot wise to keep it in. Mm-hmm. I don't think, or at least they made me think I don't think that. <laughs> um, but it's incredibly well. It's it's a great deleted scene. Yeah. Um, it really fits really well. Uh, so yeah, don't sleep on the Batman. So you may want to sleep. During it because it's so long, but it's so good that so you won't want to. Yeah, see. you can watch it in halves if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! So that's the Batman on HBO Max. Um, I would like to remind everyone that when Robert Pattinson was cast as Batman and everyone was freaking out, just I like Heath Ledger as a Joker. Yeah, <laughs> I said, "Chill. Let's see how this goes." Because he's been really good in some movies. Maybe not the mainstream movies, yeah. but he's been really good in some movies. He does and not sparkle in this out. movie. So. Um, and I'm pretty sure that is like 
save somewhere in Discord that I can I could go back and prove. Oh, I'm sure you can find it. <laughs> so, um, okay, so I'm actually going to recommend something to skip to make your life better, um, because this is something <laughs> that I was actually really interested in this documentary. Yeah, and then I watched it, and I realized that the problem with it was is that if you are interested in it, you probably already know the entire story, and okay. nothing new is get, are you going to get from this documentary okay. at all. Uh, and that is uh, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch on Netflix. <laughs> why, why did you watch that? <laughs> because, Josh, as someone who grew up at the same – you grew up at the same time I did. Yes, I did. Abercrombie and Fitch was like a thing, right? Uh-huh. Like it was a thing. Yeah. But obviously Abercrombie and Fitch no longer really a thing anymore, right? Like, so Yeah. Yeah. And it had a pretty um, public <laughs> like rise and fall. Uh, but I think what is – so frustrating about this documentary josh is like literally if you have just any idea about what happened you will learn nothing new not one (laughs) iota of new information is uncovered here anything that starts to get slightly uncomfortable they just stop pushing they're just like okay that's good we'll just move on like remember that just, time we all hired white, right, blonde, right. blonde hair, blue eyed people for right. our magazines. Right, like there's We're a lot Nazis. of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot of things you could really try to like uncover and go deep onto here. Yeah, and you're like, are you saying this? And they're like, maybe. Moving on. You're like, come on, seriously? <laughs> like, because that, like I said, probably my expectations. Sure. I was hoping, and I often before I watch documentaries, I'll look at the reviews to see like. Is this worth my time or not? Just generally, like I don't, I don't want to like an in-depth thing. Yeah, it's one of the things that, that I like Rotten Tomatoes so much because I know some people hate it, but the reason I like Rotten Tomatoes is I I like knowing like what percent of people recommend watching this movie. I don't care what like how good they think it is, just do they think it's worth watching, right? right? And this for, for Rotten Tomatoes right now is fifty six percent, right? It's not <laughs> super great, and I wish I would have looked at it before. Um, so do yourself a favor because like the first fifteen minutes hit all the right notes. It's like they play like lit my own worst enemy and like you're like seeing all the stuff. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's the 90s again. This is so amazing. Ugh. And then it all just sucks after that. So do yourself a favor. You can totally skip this one unless like if you don't know anything about what happened or the situation or any of that, like maybe you'll find something like interesting. Or there, just but ask an old person and they'll tell you, ask they'll tell you what happened. Yeah, just ask an old that <laughs> we'll tell you. But anyway, uh, I would recommend skipping White Hot. Uh, the Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch on, on Netflix, even if it sounds tantalizing, it, it isn't. Uh, so with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. Did I do that right? Yeah. So feel free to give us... I, <laughs> No, I'm just very, I'm just so tired. Uh, also, if you're going to communicate in the more long form, you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. I just mixed it all up. Do you know what I just did? I read the end of the first paragraph at the end of the second paragraph. If you're not feeling social media, please don't give us a five-star rating over there. You should just uh, email us at boardofthevg at gmail.com. Because that would make sense. That would make sense. Uh, we do tag our stuff with hashtag board of the VG every once in a while. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all social media and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. Can you edit this so it makes sense? No, probably not, right? 
Uh, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch. Now, why so serious? That's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.